today to give you a report about what God is doing in, in Ethiopia, Africa. It's exciting to see um, the blessings of partnership. And uh, we, are, we are thrilled to represent you and Gateway in Ethiopia. And uh, Rhonda and Bethany and Bobby and I serve together as your partners in ministry in, uh, in Ethiopia. And I think there are, there are, the best way to describe what we do together in partnership and ministry is four words. Uh, the first word is reaching. Reaching people uh, is the heartbeat of God. And there is a time of harvest in Africa right now, and especially in Ethiopia. We're seeing a, a, a powerful move of God's spirit. Anybody that's ever been around the farm knows that when it's harvest time, you, you get to it and nothing else matters. And, uh, and we're excited about uh, reaching people for Jesus in Ethiopia. One way that we've been uh, finding favor in, um, in ministry to reach people is through open-air uh, evangelism conferences. We don't say the word crusade in Ethiopia. There are 30 million Muslims who live there. And so if you know history, you know that wouldn't be a good thing to call a, a revival a crusade. So we have open-air evangelism conferences, and thousands of people will come to these. I went to one in the city of Shinshincho, and I went three years, and each year more and more people came. By the third year, they were estimating the crowds at over 30,000 people. And in every service, there were, there were hundreds, if not thousands of people who came forward for ministry, many of whom were hearing the gospel and responding for the first time. As a result of those services, churches were planted in that region. As part of that last ministry, we decided we'd have a, a pastor's session on Saturday morning. And, um, and uh, so we, we made the announcement on Friday night for the pastors. We expected between 100 and and uh, maybe uh, 50 and 100 pastors to come, and we had a, a program for them, a couple hours of teaching, and, and uh, during that Saturday morning session, 14,000 people showed up, and this picture was taken. So we kind of shifted gears and preached the gospel, and people got saved that day. I tell that story to display the hunger that is in Ethiopia for the, for the word of God. So people are being reached for the kingdom of God. Second word that describes what we do together in ministry as partners with Gateway is the word training. This revival needs pastors. And in order for us to effectively pastor this revival, we've got to train Ethiopians who are called by God and best equipped to minister and plant churches and, and lead the churches of Ethiopia. I teach at Addis Ababa Bible College. Addis Ababa is the capital city of Ethiopia. And we have a beautiful facility there with an English Bachelor of Arts program through Global University here in the United States. Top notch. Forty different denominations send their best students to our Bible school. And uh, we're excited to partner with the other evangelical churches in Ethiopia. And we're also excited that we'll be expanding that ministry into a master's degree program. Uh, and the reason that we do that is because that master's degree opens doors with the government of Ethiopia for the ministers to take their ministry even further. And uh, it's an exciting opportunity. But what really excites me about the training opportunities in Ethiopia is that we're starting an Ethiopian language Bible training school. That in the languages, there's 86 different languages spoken in Ethiopia. The main language is Amharic. And in Amha once we translate the materials into Amharic, 
we can teach it in any of the 86 different languages because we can find a minister who speaks one of those. But the opportunity to expand our ministry into regional settings is, is tremendous. So we're going both directions from where we are in training pastors. The third word that describes what we do in ministry training uh, or in ministry together in our partnership is the word planting. Planting new churches is, is, uh, is exciting. It's New Testament evangelism. I visited Ethiopia in 2006 when I was still pastoring in northern Michigan. And at that time, there were 40 churches that identified with the Assemblies of God. And today, there are over 200 churches in the Assemblies of God in Ethiopia. But the exciting thing about that is every time I visit one of those 200 churches, they take me after the service to two or three locations where they want to plant a church. And that's a very exciting opportunity. We did an open-air conference for a church in Mojo, Ethiopia. I love to tell this story because I, I love the city of Mojo in Ethiopia. It just kind of gets me all excited to talk about the Mojo church. And, and they had a burden. They had a burden for this people group that lived about five miles outside of the city. They knew that those people would never come and worship in Amharic. So they wanted a church to be there because they knew there were a lot of lost people on this mountain. And... Um, and so we prayed, and they, a pastor that spoke that language came forward, and, and, um, and, and he was willing to go to this, uh, to this hillside. The first time that Rhonda and I went there, they, they kept saying, turn here, turn here. And I said, where? There's no road. And they just said, turn here. So I went off the road in my Speed the Light vehicle, and, and we drove up this, this hill and over and around, and then we stopped at this mud hut, and the kids were with us, and all these flies were biting us, and I thought, does people even live here? And we went into this little mud hut, and there was about 30 people praying. There was no room for me, so I preached in the door. And, uh, and from that core group of prayer warriors, they decided that they would have an open-air conference. And so we, we put up tents, and we put up posters like the ones on my table in the hall. And we prayed for weeks, and, and it was time for the first meeting. And I went, and there were about 100 people there, and I was very excited. And uh, I said, oh, wow, this is a great crowd. And they said, this is just the prayer team that's come from the city of Mojo. Just wait. And, and as soon as the music started, people came by the thousands to that hilltop. And at every service, people gave their hearts to the Lord. And during the course of those two weeks, we watched the church being planted on that hillside. On the last night, I wasn't ministering. It was a Sunday night, the last night of the conference. And then the church would just begin ministry opportunities. And I was off to the side. And uh, there was just an uneasiness in the room. It was a real time of spiritual warfare, and I sensed it in my spirit. It wasn't like any of the other nights, and I knew there was something going on. So it got such a strong sense that there was a battle taking place that I went to one of our interpreters, and I said, What's, what seems to be the problem? It just seems like there's an intense spiritual battle going on. And he said, well, uh, they're, they're telling us that the, the local witch doctor has come into the service. And he was sitting in the back, and there was an old man back there with his arms crossed, and nobody was sitting around him. And nobody knew why he came. They, they did know that all these new converts were very afraid of him. He made his living putting curses on people and having people pay him to take curses off. And he was a, a, a practicer of, of witchcraft, and, and everybody was very afraid of this old man. And uh, no one knew what to do. Some thought they should ask him to leave. Others just thought that they should uh, just uh, leave him be and see what happened. And, 
and, and I said, well, let's just pray. And everybody just began, all the leadership just began to pray. For those that were there, very few knew, and the preacher just kept sharing the gospel. And at the end of that service, everybody was amazed when that old man stood up, and through tears, he came to the front, and he gave his heart to Jesus. Hallelujah. Talk about the atmosphere in that place changing from one of fear to one of joy. And by this time, I had come to the front, and I was looking out, and as word spread back as far as I could see, it was like waves of people just began to run because they were staying pretty far off because they knew what was happening. But when God got the victory, they ran to the altar and gave their hearts to the Lord. It was an amazing opportunity to watch the Lord plant a church on that hillside. The fourth word that describes what we do together in ministry is the word touching. Ethiopia is a desperately poor place. Um, I can't describe the poverty. Even if you saw it, you would have a difficult time finding words to describe the hopelessness and despair. 80 million people without hope. But we can do what Jesus asked us to do and offer a cup of cold water in his name. And when we do that, when we reach out in Compassion Ministries, we have the privilege of stepping into the lives of those who have no hope and giving them hope. And it opens up many doors of opportunity for us to minister at many levels through well projects and schools and, and economic development programs to help people to find a way to make a, a, a living and a life for themselves. And, and, and through all of these things, the, the love of Christ is conveyed. And uh, it's a wonderful privilege to partner in Compassion Ministries in Ethiopia. We can't have one of these uh, four ideas without the other. Reaching, teaching, planting, and training, or uh, uh, touching ministries all go hand in hand. It's the gospel, and it's what we do because it's what Jesus told us to do. There's a passage of scripture in Psalm 68, verse 31. The second part of that passage of scripture says Ethiopia will quickly stretch out her hands to God. And I firmly believe that that powerful prophetic promise tucked away in the Psalms is taking place in the world that we live in. And, uh, and it's because of your generosity and it's because of, of uh, your faithful giving that we have the privilege of partnering with you to see people in Ethiopia stretch out their hands to God. You know, I learned some important lessons in, in, in Ethiopia, and I just want to share a couple of those with you this morning as I talk about the ministry there. I want to stretch out my hand to God. Do you? I want to walk in the, in the favor of the Lord. I, I want to be as close to God as, as, uh, as I possibly can be. And I learned some important lessons, and I hope that as I learned these lessons, as I stretched out my hand to God, that it will be a benefit to you. Come, the, 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 these four truths come from Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5 gives me a promise. Verse 5 says, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Simply put, God will never leave us. He's always with us. He has promised his presence will be with us. You can stretch out your hand with, to God with confidence because no matter what difficulties we face in life, we know that God will be with us. Half of the population of Ethiopia can I get somebody to get me a little bottle of water? I'm just having some allergy issues. Half of the population of Ethiopia are, uh, are uh, Ethiopian Orthodox Christians. Don't let that name deceive you. 
the Orthodox Church is split from the Roman Church uh, before the Protestants did, and, and that church in Ethiopia has distorted the good news of the gospel to the point that one young man, when given an opportunity to receive a track at a, at a health care ministries outreach, um, was, uh, was very angry and very upset. He was a, a faithful Orthodox Christian, and he took the materials that we had given him that talked about the grace of God, and he threw them down in the dirt and said, I don't need your Jesus, I worship Mary. You can see the deception of religion. About one-third of the population of, Israel, uh, of uh, Ethiopia follows the teachings of Muhammad. They're Muslims, and, and that's becoming a more and more violent uh, situation. About, uh, about eight months ago, 83 Christian churches were destroyed, and 2,000 believers' homes were targeted and burned down by Muslim extremists from uh, Middle Eastern nations who came into Ethiopia to to cause uh, discord in an area that was about 50% Christian and 50% Muslim. In the face of all that, we know that God has promised that his presence will be with us. Even when your life is difficult and you're facing challenges that seem insurmountable, God's promise is that he will never leave you. Amen? But we have a part to play as well. Verse 7 of Joshua chapter 1. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to the, obey the, all the law my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn from the, it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. I believe that our part in stretching out our hand to God is being faithful and, and being strong and courageous, being careful to obey, not letting ourselves fall asleep on on, on the job as believers, as representatives of the Lord, not, not turning from the left or to, to the right, but obedience to God will, will lead us into the place that God wants us to be. So God has promised to be with us, and he's asked us to be faithful. The second thing that I learned, and I hope that will be a benefit to you, is that in order to stretch out our hand to God, we have to live our lives according to the word of God. Verse 8 of Joshua 1 says, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you'll be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. On June 10th of this past year, we had the privilege and the opportunity to introduce the Full Life Study Bible in the language of Amharic. It was uh, first introduced in China in Mandarin, and they began to call it the Fire Bible. And because they said there's fire in that book. And that these Pentecostal study notes are such a powerful tool for pastors who just have the call of God and very little formal training. So to have this study Bible in their hands is, is a privilege. And, and we, we were able to bring in a container 10,000 Amharic study Bibles into Ethiopia. And, uh, and it's because of our partnership together that these things happen. It was a 14-year project. Life Publishers said it cost more and took longer than any other Bible they've ever done. And I believe it's because of the strategic location of Ethiopia. And now that we have it there, I'll never forget that evening when we gave 200 away to one invited guest from every denomination that, that would come and... Uh, 
and many of them just wept as they received the first leather Bible many of them had ever held in their hands, and, and for all of them, the first study Bible they'd ever seen. There's a copy of the Amharic Fire Bible in the hall, and I, I encourage you to take a look at it. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. As they wept when they received this Bible, I saw some of the more studious ones gather in small groups and just begin to look up passages of Scripture and, and, and then look at the notes and begin to understand. And, 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 and there were others who, who just, just grabbed on and, 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 and hugged us and thanked us and, and, and to just to see the tears in their eyes. And for us... Our challenge is to read and study the Word of God, to make it a part of our life, to memorize it. Finally, I think the thing that we can do in order to stretch out our hand to God is in, in verse 9 of Joshua 1. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Again, he gives that promise to us again. But listen to that phrase. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. I believe that if we want to stretch out our hand to God, we have to overcome fear and discouragement. I think those are two of the biggest tools of the enemy. I had some youth pastors, from one from Western Michigan in Holland, come and do some youth ministry training in Ethiopia, planting youth ministries in local churches across the, the capital city and even out into the rural areas. And, and they did their training in the daytime, and at night we took them to local churches in the area. And, and one of them was ministering at a new church plant that we were part of. I think we touched about every piece of steel in that tabernacle. And um, we painted a lot of it, and we lifted them all. And, and, uh, and that church has since planted two other churches. And uh, it's about the same size as, as this auditorium, a little larger maybe. But uh, every Sunday... A thousand people will gather for worship there, but their biggest service is the Friday night service because a lot of the university students will come. And during one Friday night service, when I had these youth pastors here, there was an Orthodox church down the street, and somebody there thought it'd be a good idea to come and throw rocks at the evangelical church. So the the men were standing outside the wall and they were throwing rocks at the church, and uh, it doesn't just bounce once but it bounces all the way down so you get to hear it five or six times and there must have been a few of them because the rocks were coming it was at the end of the service me and the youth pastors were off to the side our part was done but God was moving powerfully at the altar and I kind of walked over to one I've had rocks thrown at me before in Ethiopia but never when I had American guests so I went over and I said is it okay for me to to take them out and they said why would you leave now God's working here in the altar and I said, because somebody's throwing rocks at us. And, and I thought, well, okay, I'll just, we'll stay. And I went back real confident, and I said, it's okay to the Americans. And, and then a few minutes later, one of the rock throwers got lucky and got one under the eave and through the glass window. And it broke the window. All the kids were sitting on that side. And the pastor came to the mic, and I thought, well, this is it. Now the service is going to conclude. And, and all he said was, I want all the kids to move to this side of the building and we're going to continue to let the Lord minister. And I began to think about how many times the enemy throws rocks into our life to cause fear and discouragement, to get our eyes off of what God is doing and onto his lies. When God wants to minister to us, the enemy is going to throw rocks into your life. 
He's going to throw rocks into my life. And if we focus on the rocks, we're going to miss what God has for us. That service continued on, and God moved in a powerful way at those altars. But I'll never forget that if we want to stretch out our hands to God, sometimes we have to overcome fear and overcome discouragement because what God is doing is much more important than what the enemy is doing. And maybe you've got rocks in your life, and it seems like they broke a window, and they're right in the middle of your living room. And I want you to know that God's presence has never left you. And just like he is in Ethiopia today, he is here. And there's a community for you to reach. Be strong, be courageous. Let the Lord minister. Bow your heads with me this morning. If you're here today and you sincerely want to stretch out your hand to God, I'm going to turn this over to Pastor in just a moment, but if you sincerely want to stretch out your hand to God, His presence will never leave you. All we have to do is simply obey him and give our life to him. Walk with him. Be careful to obey everything because it will lead to success in life. In order to know what God expects of us, we have to be students of the word. Do not let this book of the law depart from you. But even in that, the the enemy will throw rocks into our life and we have to overcome fear and discouragement in order to be the people that God wants us to be. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving to ministry in Ethiopia. But if you give your heart to the Lord this morning, he will not only change the nations of Ethiopia and the nations of the world, but he'll change your world. He'll change your workplace. He'll change your school. He will step into your life and you'll become a vessel that touches the lives of those around you. And My prayer for for you today is that you will have the courage to stretch out your hand to God. So as an act of obedience and and just a symbol before God, not for anyone else to see, if you want everything that God has for you, will you stretch out your hand to Him right now? Hallelujah. 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 Father, I pray for those who are taking a step of faith and saying, God, I want everything that you have for me. I pray that you would just meet them right here. And Lord, promise them that you will never leave them. Let that promise from your word come so alive in their hearts that they will will stand on that promise and they will claim it as their own. That they will be careful to obey your word. That they will study and know your word. And that they will overcome fear and discouragement. I pray this in Jesus.